Good morning and happy new year to everybody. 2023, here we are. And what a great way to start our year, but to start it together worshiping uh, together at church. So I just want to welcome each of you, whether you're here in person or whether you're online. Thank you for joining us this morning. And if you are here and uh, maybe this is the first time uh, you've, you've uh, attended Lake Point, we just want to welcome you in a special way and encourage you uh, in your program. Um, there's a connection card in there. Um, if you could just take some time, uh, write down your information and um, anything that we can do to be a blessing to you, just indicate that there. And as you leave throughout the building, we have uh, these black baskets and you can just drop that card in those baskets or give it to myself, pa Pastor Scott. And uh, we would just love to recognize um, you being here today. So thank you and glad to have each one of you, you here this morning. Um, just as we, as we look towards the new year, um, I wanted to talk to you today about how we can start our new year, 2023, with a perspective of praise, with a perspective of praise. Um, it is very easy to start our year with a sense of disappointment, with a sense of defeat, and, um, and that's kind of like the natural um, mode we might be in as we start the new year. Uh, first of all, the holidays, Christmas, New Year's Eve, presents, Christmas trees, lights. Man, that's just so much going on. It's just physically, emotionally drain, draining, so maybe that's you there. So, man, I, 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 I see it. I feel it. Um, and then the weather, last, last week, man, we had our guys in the parking lot. It was minus 11 with wind chill. It was just insane. And they, they served out there, and they survived. And, uh, man, but that, that was tough. You know, this weather is up and down. Uh, even my dog, Bentley, he's depressed. He, he looks out the back window. There's, there's no one walking by anymore. It's too cold. And, man, he's just, I would have taken a picture of him, but he wouldn't smile. And, uh, Man, just uh, even he's depressed. But, uh, you know, we, but, we, but on a more serious note, we can come to the new year and, and really have the wrong perspective uh, to start. We kind of don't feel like anything's going to really change. And in the words of Bono, uh, maybe you know this song where he says, nothing changes on New Year's Day. Maybe that's you today um, as, you, as you've come, come here. So, um, when that's our mindset, when that's our perspective, that is a big problem. We don't want to start our year off that way. And uh, first of all, you know, one of the problems with that is, you know, it completely gets rid of our motivation. Have no goals, no plans. You know, we just kind of slide into the new year and don't kind of take stock of the past. Not good. Um, and maybe um, because we kind of have no plans, we're kind of reactive uh, maybe our anxiety level is much higher than it needs to be. Uh, you know, we're worried a kind of worst-case scenario. Everything we think about, we imagine how bad it's going to be or, you know, what's the worst possible outcome. And, man, that's just, oh, that's, that's a big problem. Uh, and think about the economy, inflation, whatever it is. Um, you know, but most, most of all, I think the big problem is when we forget about God as we go into our new year. We forget about God, and we forget that, you know what? God has 
a purpose for each one of our lives. And, uh, but man, when we have that negative perspective, we forget about that and we try to do it on our own. Well, the good news is the Bible can tell us how to have a new perspective. The Bible can give us a new perspective. And uh, in today's text, uh, you probably never heard uh, a sermon on the Song of Moses, Exodus 15. I doubt it. Um, but I know you've heard a lot about chapter 14, um, going through the Red Sea, and you've probably heard of chapter 16, uh, when Moses writes about the manna uh, and, and all of that. But chapter 15 is kind of sandwiched in between with something called the Song of Moses. And why are the Israelites singing this song? Well, it's because God has finally freed those people after 400 years of bondage and slavery in the land of Egypt. He freed them in an absolutely miraculous way. God sent Moses to take his people out of that land. And you might remember the 10 plagues, the 10 signs, where God just kind of forced Pharaoh to let his people go. And you know, there's, there's so many chapters to that story, and eventually they're up against the Red Sea and kind of stuck, and God just did a complete miracle, opened up the Red Sea, they got through it, and they were on the other side. And boy, can you imagine what those Israelites saw that day when God made the Red Sea split, and they're safe on the other side, all the enemies destroyed, and they just had this spirit of celebration in them. And that's what really, that's where this song of Moses in chapter 15 comes from. They are just praising the Lord. And so today, we're going to take a look at that, that song of Moses, and we're going to kind of get three truths from it of ways that we can embrace the right perspective, the way that we can have a perspective of praise for 2023. So that's what we're going to do. Why don't we go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to be with us um, as we dig into his word. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you so much that your word is here and available to every one of us, Lord. We have it on our phones. We have it in our Bibles. Lord, every everywhere we go, we have access to your truth, Lord. So today, as we open up even this chapter here in the Old Testament, I pray your spirit would illuminate our hearts that we might see the message you have for us, see who you are in this chapter, Lord, that we might apply it to our lives and change and have the right perspective for everything that is to come this coming year, Lord. So I ask you to bless us and have your spirit move our hearts. And we thank you in Jesus' name. All right, so as we start, uh, the first point, the first way that we can embrace a perspective of praise is when we celebrate what God has done. When we celebrate what God has done. I think you have that there in your notes. Let's go ahead and I'll go ahead and read uh, the first six verses in Exodus 15. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength, my defense, and he has become my 
salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. He's my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is, is, is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them, and they sank to the depths like a stone. But your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, has shattered the enemy. So wow. So as I think as we read those verses, and you can imagine the heart, the soul of the Israelites, they had this spirit of celebration about them. They had this spirit of celebration. And this song was not so much to one another. This this was really a song to God. The song of Moses was a song the Israelites were singing to God. And I think we see here kind of two ways um, that they celebrate what the Lord has done in, in these first six, actually first 12 verses. And the first way um, they praise God is by considering who God is, by considering who God is, kind of like his character. They are considering who God is, what he is all about. Uh, my wife, Julie, and I, we, we often have the privilege of counseling people, couples, and counseling. And one of the things that we like to do when we do that is go through and study the attributes of God where we get to think about who God is. And, and man, when you just really think about all these things about God, how he's revealed himself to us, it just changes your complete mindset. It gives you the right perspective on life. And it is so helpful. And that's exactly what the Israelites were doing. They were celebrating who God is. And there's, there's a lot of examples. I'm going to point out a few here um, for us. Uh, the first one you see in verse 1, uh, they sing that God is highly exalted. In other, word, in other words, God is bigger than the other gods. God is more powerful than them, and he is worthy to be put on a pedestal. He is worthy to be exalted. Verse 3, and I love this one. It, it describes God's character as a warrior. The Lord is a warrior. And, when, and we don't want to take that for granted because what that means is God is not a passive God. He's not sitting in heaven kind of you know, watching on his smartphone what we're doing all day long. Not at all. He is actively involved with our lives and he is fighting for us. He is fighting a war always on our behalf. The Lord is a mighty warrior. And that's what uh, the Israelites are recognizing here in verse number three. And verse, verse six uses um, this terminology that the, that the Lord is majestic in power. His power is so much more than in his enemies. He can overcome that at any time. He has physical power. He has power that can do anything. It's majestic. It's so good. It is a majestic power. That is our God. He has that power. He can overcome anything if it's in 
his will to do it. So that's awesome. That's what, who God is. And there's so many more attributes as you read this song. One of the important ones is later on where they sing about God's holiness, that God does not permit sin. He is sin-free and he is a holy, set-apart God. That's one of those other attributes we read about what's really so important. But also the other thing is not only do we see them praise and sing about who God is, but they praise what God has particularly done, what God has done in, in their lives. And man, can you just imagine what those Israelites saw? There's so many things, how God acted through the plagues and their escape. It's just incredible to think about. Just a few that, we, that I want to point out here is verse 6 says, your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. He just kind of decimated them. Uh, you read in the story of the escape how God caused confusion of Pharaoh's armies as they followed them through the Red Sea, caused confusion. He locked up the wheels of their chariots, and um, they were just completely shattered, which is which is what they are praising God about. And verse, verse 7, I love this one. We didn't read it, but let me read this portion to you. Uh, they talk about how God unleashed, unleashed his burning anger and consumed them like stubble. He consumed the enemy like stubble. So if you imagine a fireplace, campfire, and he took a handful of dry straw or hay, throw it in that fire, what happens? It's just instantaneous. You don't even, it's just a poof, in it, and, and it's burned up and consumed. That's how they describe the way the Lord rescued the Israelites. And, and then lastly here, this one's kind of funny. The, I love it. Uh, it says, by the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. So, so God didn't even have to use his mouth to make the water spread. He, he could do it through his nostrils. So, man, you got to love the way that they would write songs back then, that they would focus on that. And, uh, but I was, you know, kind of thinking at the earlier service, kind of like, wouldn't it be great if you blew out Chris, uh, birthday candles on your cake with your nostrils? That might be like a new, new fad here. Um, you know, it's very COVID-friendly, I'm sure, and it'd be awesome. <laughs> Um, but uh, but uh, that's the way God acted. He, he unleashed his power, and they saw it in tangible, tangible ways. And so this song of Moses, if you can imagine, up to 2 million Israelites crossed the Red Sea, and they were just so thankful. We read later on in the chapter about Miriam and all the women of Israel. They took out their tambourines, they sang, they praised, and they danced to the Lord for all he, he has done, done for them. I imagine that was probably the most amazing celebration to witness. And if you think about that rescue, there, the Jewish people and Christians, you know, thousands of years later, we still recognize and celebrate what was done that day. It's, it's truly, truly amazing. So what about us? You know, are we as Christians celebrating what God has done in our lives like the Israelites did? Well, I think the problem we have is we are all suffering from a condition 
called celebration deficiency. It's a word I made up, celebration deficiency. Uh, CD for short. And um, when you have celebration deficiency, it's highly contagious and it is defined as not looking back at your past, thinking about it and not celebrating the victories there. So celebration deficiency is you don't look back and you don't celebrate a worthy accomplishment. Celebration deficiency. My son had celebration deficiency in May of 2020. He graduated from university with a business degree and they told him he couldn't walk. They had to mail him his diploma and watch his graduation online in PowerPoint uh, due to COVID. So he was suffering from CD at that time. And uh, the problem is, I think that CD has spread to many Christians. A lot of us are testing positive for CD. Um, and it can happen no matter your circumstance. You may look back on a more serious note, back at 2022 and think, man, this was a year of absolute victory. The Lord, man, I was like the Israelites. I was up, I was in a tight, an impossible situation. I had the sea in front of me. I had mountains beside me and I had the enemy closing in behind me, Lord. But Lord, you, you, you answered, you came, you rescued me in a, in a unique way that only you could. And maybe that's you, the Lord gave you victory this past year. So my, my encouragement would be praise God for that. Remember that and celebrate what God has done for you in this past year. But I also know there's many of us who in 2022, we look back and it was a hard year. It was a year of loss and it was a challenging year for us. I just read an article um, yesterday, and it said that out of 2,000 adults that were surveyed, that only one out of three would say that 2022 was a great year. Only 33% of people thought it was a great year. So that means a lot of us struggle with the past year. And it's so important, even and especially in years like that, that we look back at our year with a little bit different perspective. And that's what I wanna challenge you with today. Look back at 2022 from a different perspective. Instead of the loss, look at how, you're, how the Lord and his character shone through the darkness of your year and made a change in your life. Think about how the Lord was there with you through it all. And sometimes all we can do is pray that the Lord got us through the year, right? Um, but we can praise God and we can celebrate, Lord, thank you for being there. It was a hard year. I learned a lot of lessons. I had a lot of loss, but thank you. And I celebrate you for who you are and what you've done. It's hard to do, I, I agree. But one of the ways we can even make it easier is if we're a Christian and we think back, to that day when we trusted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, that day when we gave, it, gave our lives to Jesus. You know, when we think back about that, um, it just, it can do no, nothing but make you want to celebrate. I know when I pray very often, that's 
in my list of things to pray about. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And when you have that mindset, that perspective, you can celebrate even in a tough year. Um, in the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, let me read you this verse. Uh, he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious for anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in, in Christ Jesus. Man, it is just amazing when we think that even in the hard times, all times, we can rejoice in the Lord and he can remove our anxiety and give us a unique kind of peace that the world can, cannot give us. So we need to celebrate what God has done for us this past year. We need to process those things because we can't have the right perspective for the future if we don't have the right perspective of the past. So you might be thinking, great, that's awesome that we kind of um, understand what happened this past year, but what is God doing in our lives for 2023? How can I have the right perspective for the coming year? So our second point is we need to trust God to lead you. We need to trust God to lead you. Verse 13 in our text says this. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. So in this text, what, what we see is the focus is now not looking at the past, not celebrating the past, but kind of now looking at the future. What are we going to do about the future? How do we have the right perspective on the future? And we do that by trusting God to lead us. If you think about the Israelites, even though they've been through so much, they still had no clue. They weren't fortune tellers. They didn't know what the future would be for them. They didn't know what lessons God had for them. They didn't know what difficulties and challenges they were going to encounter for many, many years to follow. They had no clue what was around the corner. And, but they did have one thing, and we read about this at the end of chapter 14. It says, they began to fear the Lord and trust in his servant Moses. They began to trust in the Lord and trust his servant Moses. In other words, it didn't matter what was happening. They had, they had someone to lead them through the future. They had someone to lead them through the future. And this is something the Lord's been teaching me this past year, and that is, as I look to the future, I don't need to have anxiety because God will be there with me. And maybe that truth will be helpful for you too. You don't need to have anxiety for the future because the Lord will be there with you through it, through it, through it all. Um, back in, I guess I was in middle school, high school, I was 
uh, in the Boy Scouts, um, and that's why I'm always prepared for everything. You know, Boy Scouts, be prepared. Um, I wasn't prepared for what happened to me. Uh, one camping trip we went on with, with the Boy Scouts. Uh, when we went in with the Boy Scouts, uh, when we had idle time, we would tend to find a little bit of trouble with our troop. Well, this was one of those times we, we decided to play a game called Capture the General. Maybe you've played that game. You, you divide up into two teams. Each team picks a general, and the idea is you hide your general and hope the other team doesn't find your general. So, but this is the woods. This is like a pretty big open area, and turns out I was the general on, on, our, on our team, and so our patrol leader, he grabbed me, and we, the game started, so we headed out, crossed the street into the deep woods, and um, he took me so far into the woods, and we kept going, kept going, kept going, and we went really, really deep in the woods so far, and then he quickly said, quick, hide in the woods, and don't make a sound, so, so I hid, he went away, I don't know what direction he went, and um, it was really nice for a little while. I could hear the birds chirping, and, and it was so quiet. Uh, but it started getting dark, and I started get, getting uh, a little bit worried. And just so you know, um, the good news was nobody found me. So our team won. But <laughs> the bad news was nobody found me. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think my patrol leader, he was found something else to do and forgot about me. Luckily, one of my friends noticed I was missing, and, and he probably, he was like the search crew, came out, and we're both screaming at the top of my lungs, help, where am I? <laughs> As I'm running around, and then finally our voices kind of matched up, and I got back to our campsite with no problem. But that was really scary. I was a little bit petrified, and I learned that day um, that it's important to know what, person you're following. You need to be careful who you pick to lead you. And you know what? In our life, as, as, as I'm um, asking us to trust the Lord to lead you, the great news is that the Lord is the perfect leader for us. We can trust him where he takes us. Uh, in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says this. The Lord says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, and plans to give you hope and a future. So here we see that if we are believers in Christ, he promises that everything that happens to us is for our good. And, and, and I know that to be true. Verse 13 even reiterates that. The verse we just read, it said, in your unfailing love, you will lead. So, so what this is saying is God is leading us with love. His character is part of the way he leads us, and he leads us lovingly. And that I think that really is great because that gives us a broader perspective on what's to come because as we go through, who knows what the coming year will bring us, but we know we can trust God, and we know that everything we go through has a purpose in his plan. And that, man, that can make you go to sleep at night and rest your head on the pillow and sleep soundly because God's got this. And we just need to trust in him. And at some point during this year, something's going to happen and you're going to feel like, 
I'm going the wrong direction. I'm going down the wrong path. And it's at those times we need to still trust that the Lord knows where he's headed because he's promised it to us and he is a promise-keeping God. We can put our trust where in what, where the direction he leads us in our life. And then lastly, um, I'd like to share with you the third way we can embrace a perspective of praise, and that is when we keep our mind focused and we anticipate the kingdom of God. We anticipate the kingdom of God. In other words, the second coming and our time that we will be together with God in heaven. And we see that here in beginning in verse 17, which is so cool. I love reading these verses. It says this, you will bring them in, God's people, and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. So this is the day. So the Israelites praise God for what he did. They, they sang songs that they know God is going to lead them. But now they're looking to that future state, their final destination, where all things will finally end up. And their focus probably then was maybe a little narrow. They were thinking kind of the first fulfillment of this, which was when they would possess the promised land, when Joshua would lead them over the Jordan and they would possess Canaan, the land of milk and honey, the land that God promised Moses as that would be their inheritance, their gift. Um, and so I think that's the first thing that the Israelites were singing about. They were singing about this first fulfillment, which was really still another 40 years off until uh, that, that would finally happen. And man, they probably had no clue, you know, what it was going to be, but it was, ended up being 40 years later. But I also think as you read these verses and you think about this, this scene, um, I think it's really cool if we take a look at Revelation 15, because we actually see a tie-in between the Song of Moses in the Old Testament and a new Song of Moses at the end of the world in heaven that we see in Revelation 15. I just love this verse. Let me read it to you. Uh, Revelation 15, and I'm going to look at verses 2 and 3. It says this, And I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire and standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and its image and over the number of its name. They held harps given them by God, and they sang the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. So I think what you're seeing here in, in the New Testament here, John in heaven, he's picturing a multitude of rescued believers, all Christians from all times on the other side of a sea, a glassy sea, and they are, in a sense, doing the same type of celebration that was happening back in Exodus because he's the same God. They were, they were praising God for their deliverance from oppression and praising God that, they, that he would overcome the enemy. So it's the same God, the same deliverance, the same victory 
over the evil one. And the only difference we see here in Revelation, the final fulfillment is in Jesus Christ. He is our holy warrior. He is the victor. He is the one that will make all of this that we see here in Revelation come to pass. It's a song of victory. And in 2 Thessalonians 2.8, I love this verse because this talks about that final victory over evil. And it says this, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Again, this is Jesus' final victory over Satan, final victory over evil, finally overcoming all the evil in the world, renewing the cosmos, setting up heaven so that we may one day spend eternity with Christ. What a great vision we see in Revelation 15. And I also believe that's the same vision that we see in Exodus as, as well. And I think that's such an encouragement. So how does this have anything to do with our 2023? Well, I think it has a a lot to do with our 2023 because this is what we keep in our minds. As we go through, as we see the world fall apart, we say, you know what? This is part of God's plan and Jesus is gonna be victorious. We are gonna be in heaven with him. Praise God, I'm looking forward to that day. I am anticipating his kingdom. That's the kind of thing we, we will, that can change our perspective. The, the fight we have daily with sin, we'll see, man, that is over. No more will that sin be welling up into us, but we will have victory over sin once and for all. There'll be no external factors to bring pain and anguish into our lives because Jesus will have eradicated all of that, and we will be dwelling with the Most High God, Jesus Christ, forever and ever in his reign, as verse 18 says, the Lord reigns forever and ever. And I think this is a reality that all of us, most of us know, but I think it's, it's kind of like on a computer. It's, it's, it's on our hard drive in some folder way down there that you can't get to very easy. We need to like put that into our RAM. We need to put it on our screen and remember this daily, front and center, man, I'm waiting for Jesus to return. I can't wait. For that day, I am anticipating Christ's kingdom. So I pray that, that you um, would do that um, today and make that a priority in your prayer life, your thought life uh, for 2023. I just wanted to say a word to those of you who may be here and you're not a Christian or you're, you're trying to struggle with, hey, am I a Christian or not? You know, just it's hard to trust in a God that you don't know. It's hard to look forward to a day when you are on the wrong side. And I think, just wanna share with you that all of us, the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's kind of the default we're all in. We're all born because of Adam. We're all born into sin. We've inherited it. And not only that, but in our lives, we act out sin as well. We prove ourselves to be sinners by the things we do, the things we say, the things we don't do. And and that's where all of us are at. And if you haven't trusted Jesus, you know, you're going to continue to live your life in this state of brokenness, this state of rebellion. And it's not a good place to be. I spent many years of my life 
in that broken place. And, and when you're there, that, when you're in that condition, uh, you find many ways to make you happy. You find many things to try to satisfy you. It could be drugs, alcohol, hobbies, uh, relationships, um, you know, sex. Whatever it is, we try to fulfill what God, only God can fulfill in us um, by going these different directions. And I know that we, if you follow these to their end conclusion, they only end up in hurt. They do not satisfy because only Jesus satisfies. But one of the things that in that broken circumstance we find our lives is, is we realize our need for, for a Savior. We realize our name, our need to, to trust in, in Jesus. So if you, if, you, if you feel like you've never trusted in Christ, Jesus paid the price for us on the cross. He, he took our guilt, he took our sin, he took our shame upon him so that we wouldn't have to endure that, so that we could be back in fellowship with God. And um, you may know that, you may understand that, but until you really humble yourself and say, Lord, I repent of my sin, I am sorry for all I have done, and I, I've tried to fix it on my own, Lord, and I'm getting nowhere. Lord, you need to save me. I repent. That's the condition. That's where you need to be first if you want to trust Christ. And then the, ne- the next step you would need to be is you just simply need to believe upon the name of Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect life, a life that we couldn't live, and he died a death that we didn't want to die. And he did that for you and me while we were yet sinners Christ died on the cross for us. And so if you've never trust, repented and believed in Jesus, I just pray you would start the year off with that. There'd be nothing greater that you could do. I've never regretted trusting Jesus. It was the best thing I ever did in my life. And I would just pray if that's something God's put on your heart, please speak to me, Pastor Scott, or anyone on our prayer team leader. We would love to help you um, make sure that you know you've trusted Christ. And uh, when you do that, you're born again and your name's written in the book. Uh, you will spend eternity with Jesus. And no, you won't be perfect, but God day by day will make you more like Jesus. And so if that's your need here, there'd be no greater thing to do to start this year off. So with that, why don't we go ahead and pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, as we gather together and try to understand what the future holds and what our perspective and view on the future should be, Lord, I just thank you for your word and how it encourages us. And Lord, how it shows us that if we have you, we have everything. We need to celebrate that, Lord. We need to trust in that, Lord, and we just need to Keep our mind and our anticipation on your kingdom to come, Lord. And Lord, if there's someone here who hasn't trusted Jesus, I pray today your spirit would work in their hearts, that they would trust in you, in Jesus, even today, Lord. And so, Lord, I ask you, your spirit work on us. In Jesus' name, amen.